Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. All right, let's go to Ephesians 2. The title of the series that we're in is Who Has Bewitched You? You can go to Ephesians 2. I'm going to read, the, read just some introduction here to you again. Galatians 3.1 says this, O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified? And so this morning we are continuing in our series on grace. Last week we, begun, we began looking at Ephesians 2, and that is where I want to begin today as well. Paul, by the Holy Spirit, said this, said it this way in Galatians 2.21. He said, I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died in vain. I mean, no, that's a strong statement. If, if, if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died in vain. That's a strong statement. It's a very strong statement. That shows you the power of grace, okay? Um, we must stand against the bewitching spirit of religion in our lives, okay? There's a bewitching spirit. The word bewitch means to fascinate or it's a false representation. How many know that the spirit of religion in essence is a false representation? Because it holds to the idea of God and Christ, but yet it has a twist to it that isn't fully an understanding of the grace of God, okay? It's not a full understanding of the grace of God. So salvation is by grace through faith, both eternally and in our day-to-day living. Salvation is not just a ticket to heaven. Salvation happens, you're born again. When you're born again, Christ comes and lives in you. That's the beginning. That's the entrance of by grace through faith. Salvation continues as you walk with the Lord. You say, well, you're saying, what if, what if I got saved? Or let's give the, 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 the example of what if I got saved and then the next day I died? You'd go to heaven and be with the Lord. So you're not earning your salvation after you're saved. You're walking it out. Watch now. You're walking out what was already seated within you. You're walking out of a full supply of the riches of grace that was implanted in you by the Holy Spirit when you said, I believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. In that moment, when you opened your heart to the Father, what took place was the Holy Spirit in manifestation comes and in you, in your spirit man, in the true you, He seeds resurrection power. Now, think about what a seed is. What is a seed? Now, we used to have trees here. (laughs) Two of them we cut down. Three of them blew over. Just one after another in the storms we've had. It's like, okay, well, I guess we don't need those. All right, so we have to plant a different tree that can hang out. But anyway, what is inside of an oak tree seed? An oak tree. Have you, ever, have you ever looked at a seed and thought, how is that a stalk of corn? Some of you 
have been frustrated in your relationship with the Lord because you read on the cover of the seed package and you see the picture of what the seed's supposed to look like and you're going, how? But it doesn't change the DNA of the seed just because you haven't walked in it yet. And listen to me. You don't have to earn it. It is by grace through faith. So what you and I have to do is believe. I go back to Isaiah 53. Who has believed? See, I believe, whether I feel it or not, and many of you do too, that I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Watch. I believe that when I pray... Tremendous power is made available, dynamic in its working. Do you know what most believers are doing? They're throwing up a prayer. How many have watched sports? He throws up a prayer. End of the game. In basketball, you're down by two. There's .8 seconds. I think it's like you have to have like .6 to get the ball into your hands and throw it. I can't remember. But anyway, there's, let's say there's one second left out of the clock. How many of you know the team that's inbounding on the one side is not going to be able to dribble all the way down, set up a play, call the best shooter out? No, what are they going to do? They're going to inbound the ball, and then they're going to turn and what? Chuck the ball, right? You are not chucking prayers into heaven. If you understand grace, you understand that you're seated in heavenly places in Christ and that your prayers are as simple as, Father, ooh, this challenges us, doesn't it? You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Why? By grace through faith. You were saved by grace through faith. And then Paul says here in Galatians 2.21, again, he says, you're in Ephesians 2, you can stay there, but he says, I do not set aside the grace of God. How many know that's a good idea? Another word there could be, I don't frustrate the grace of God. Imagine you have all, your child has all the ability to do what you've asked them to do, but yet they refuse to tap into that ability. That's where many Christians are, and they think God is withholding from them, and it's not God. It's a, it's, a mis, it's a lack of understanding. God is not your problem. Now, there can be hindering from the devil. Totally agree with that. Yes, he's working to confuse, but it's a lack of understanding in the believer. It goes back to what we've talked about before. Many believers have been religiously brainwashed instead of New Testament taught. Okay, you've been taught, you've been taught religious systems and functionalities, and they have the appearance of Christianity in the sense of they have the appearance of effectiveness, but in all reality, they're not rooted in the understanding of by grace through faith. And until that found, come on, we sang it this morning. Who, Jesus, they called Jesus, well, they said grace is the what? The corner stone. Who's the cornerstone? Jesus is the cornerstone, right? So if you get away from by grace through faith, your building can start to look a little crooked. What did Paul say? Be careful how you build 
upon the foundation of what? The revelation of by grace through faith. You see that? Come on, is this work in your mind? Some of you are like, I'm like clearing out cobwebs. I can feel it. <laughs> like the, the, the person, Brother Hagin said this years ago, he went to this church and this lady came up to him afterwards or they were either going out to eat with him or something like that. And she came up to him and she said, she said, after the service, she said, she said, after you preached today, I, she said, you totally confused me. And he said, no, no, the light of God's word showed up the confusion that was already in your heart and in your head. So let me give you an example of what that means. If, this sound, if, what, I'm, if what I'm saying sounds odd to you, let, I'll, I'll, we'll prove it scripturally here, but, but let me give you this example. That would be like saying you walk up into your attic at your house. How many have an attic at your house and that you haven't been in a while? Nobody? Wow. <laughs> I know there's an attic around here somewhere. But let's say there was an attic in your house, or you know of somebody who has an attic, and uh, you, you pull down the, the ladder to get up into the attic, and you go up in there, and it's dark up there, there's no lights, and you turn on a flashlight, and there's dust and cobwebs everywhere. And you're, you're looking, and you're looking, and you're looking at it, you're going, man, look at what this flashlight did to the attic. And that's how the devil functions. Light just shows up the confusion that was already there. It's already there. A seed never lies. If you plant a corn seed, it will not sit there and go, I'm not corn. <laughs> I'm going to change my identity before I come out of here. I'm hitting a nerve here on something else. Yeah. I'm just using the corn as the example. I feel more like an apple tree. Okay, moving right along. <clears throat> okay. You say, what's the problem then? You don't know who you are. Because you don't know your creator who made you. And that's why the confusion exists. And that's on all levels. I mean, it could be as simple as... It could be extreme darkness to a little bit of shadows. The identity is the issue. Grace is the good pleasure of God that inclines him to bestow benefits on the undeserving. A.W. Tozer. Tony Cook said it this way, God's grace was lovingly supplied for my initiation into his kingdom. In addition, I discover that his grace was lovingly supplied for my continuation in his kingdom as well. Max Lucado said, when grace moves in, guilt moves out. Charles Hodges said this, actually, Harry A. Ironside, how many heard of that guy? Sin had no sooner come into the world that God, than God came in grace seeking the sinner. And so from the first question, Adam, where are you? On to the incarnation, Jesus Christ, God has been speaking to man by grace. Spurgeon said this, sin is sovereign till sovereign grace dethrones it. <laughs> See, this is why people that really know the Lord have joy that's just unquenchable. 
because they understand they're living from that place of resurrection. And it's not, it's not conditional. It's internal. I know him here. He's here. Not only do I know that I'm going to heaven when I die, when this body falls off, because I'm going to live forever. I've already passed from death unto life. But I know that heaven lives in me now. Amen. How about you? Heaven lives in you now. Consider how much you owe to his forgiving grace. That after 10,000 affronts, this is Tozer, he loves you as infinitely as ever. Consider what you owe to him, how he raised you from death in sin, how he has preserved your spiritual life, how he has kept you from falling, and how though a thousand enemies have beset your path, you have been able to hold on your way. Consider what you owe to his immutability. Though you have changed a thousand times, he has not changed once. (laughs) Great grace is holding us together, amen? Ephesians chapter 2, you're already there, and I'm there now. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. And you he made alive when you were dead in trespasses and sins. Now, we saw this before, and I'm not going to go over this in detail again, but uh, uh, trespasses is unknown sins, and sins is intentional sins. How many know there are both in the world? Some people just don't know what they're doing. I mean, you've done things, I've done things that we didn't know what we were doing. But in the midst of that, what do we see? He made us alive in the midst of that. He said, you who were dead in trespasses and sins in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works among those and and through those that are the sons of disobedience. How many know there's sons of disobedience walking around? Okay, so we see this, and and verses 1 through 3 in Ephesians 2, what they are is they are a description, or they give context to our condition prior to salvation. So Ephesians 2, 1 through 3 give context to our condition condition prior to salvation. So if you want to understand why the world acts the way they do, have you ever sat and watched the news and sat back and go, they're crazy. The spirit of crazy lives in them. They are what? They are walking according to, verse 2, the course of this world. According to the prince of the power of the air. The spirit who now works or is operative in the sons of disobedience. They are the children of the offspring, they're the offspring, the children of the, the spirit of rebellion. It's why they do what they do. Why would you stand in front of somebody's property when you're the same ethnicity, skin color, and burn it down in the name of equality for your skin color? It's the spirit of what? anti-Christ. If they had the spirit of Christ within them, then they would stand in front of that property and go, no, we can't destroy this. (laughs) 
we're standing, the church is standing against the spirit of chaos. If the devil had full control of every, listen, when, 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 I don't got time to go into this, but going back to a study that we did on the enemy, even in the series we did called Spirit Wars, or the other one called Unmasking the Enemy, I don't even know if that one's still online or not, but either way, um, we saw in there that Satan, one of the words given to describe him is violence, which the definition of, one of the definitions of violence in Vine's expository uh, uh, Greek lexicon is this. It's a disruption in the divinely established order of things. What is rioting? It's a disruption in the divinely established order of things. Can I ask you a question? If whatever a man sows, he reaps. If you sow a riot... So even in their attempt to have manifestation of righteousness, they're going to receive what? Disorder. Because it's not being established by order. Why? Spirit. The spirit that's behind it. The church has the answer to this. So we see here in these verses, we shouldn't be, we need to be, you know, people say, we need to pray for him. Yeah, we need to pray for him. But we also need to speak out with the wisdom of heaven. And how many know that the wisdom of heaven, it will cut directly through darkness and people will see it. Now they get to choose whether they receive it or not, but light will come. And I'll venture to guess, I believe there's more sane people than insane people in this country. I don't care what the news media says. That's a, they're taking a microcosm of the pop. The population is 330 million. If 330, if, if 50 million people were rioting, we would feel it. But this is, this is micro, you understand. Now, they want it to be bigger, and that's what they're after. But it's strange recruiting techniques. To me. <laughs> you know what I mean? The devil always overplays his hand. All right. So they're walking that way. Let's go to verse 4. It's their nature, right? Their nature. All right. Here's where we begin to see the grace of God. This is what I want you to get even stronger uh, in your life today. I know you've read it before, but I want it to be even stronger. Verse 4. Skip down to verse 4. It says, But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love, with which he loved us. Verse 5. Even when we were what? Made us alive together with Christ. And then in parentheses in mine it says, or in brackets it says, by grace you have been saved. And raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Verse 7. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Watch verse 9, first part, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Verse 10, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Okay, let's go back up to verse 4. Go back to verse 4 if you would, and we'll break these down. But God who is rich, do you know what the word rich means? 
It means wealthy in the Greek. <laughs> That's what it means. What is God rich in? You know what the word mercy is? It's the same word as compassions. God is wealthy in mercies. That means he's got a bank account full. I mean, too much mercy. How many are thankful for that? Come on, you're living in it right now if you're a believer. You're, you're in the bank of mercies. You know, first, the bank of heaven, first bank of heaven, whatever it is, it's chock full of love and compassion for you. Isn't that nice? Chock full. Come on, let yourself believe it for just a minute. Some of you, you're having thoughts go through your head. I know what I did 10 years ago. And there's a wealth in the vault of heaven of mercies for you. God is not in heaven going, stacking up all the things you've done wrong and counting them up against you. He's functioning from the wealth, the vault of grace, the riches of his mercy, the, the wealthy place of compassions in his picture and his, his, his view of you. And he's waiting for what? You to receive it by faith. Come on, while you were a sinner, Christ died. Christ died for every person in here before you got here and screwed it up. I'll just apply it to me then. Before I got here and screwed it up. God knew that I would mess the thing up. And he's like, we got a vault, boys. Where is it? It's the big one over there. Who's that for? Sean McFarlane. Sean Ian McFarlane. Because, you know, one John name isn't enough. You need two Johns. John, John. <laughs> if, you're not, if you're not Scottish enough, just put some more Scottish in there. Okay. <clears throat> He's rich in mercy. We were the subjects of the first three verses which described how we were still a mess despite our good intentions and best efforts. But God, what a statement, is rich in mercy. The Greek word is P-L-U-S-I-O-S. And it means filthy rich. That's what it means. The Greek word for rich means filthy rich. Pluto, whose name was derived from this word, was the god of wealth in Greek mythology. This is also where we get the English word plutocrat, which is defined as someone who is so rich he has influence over other people. 
God, who is rich in mercy, uses his wealth to influence us and win us over. God is rich in mercy, which is grace in action. When grace is displayed toward man, it is called mercy. Mercy brings God's grace to lost man. Mercy, of course, means compassions. Mercy is the outward manifestation of pity. It assumes need on the part of him who receives it. That's me. And resources adequate to meet the need on the part of him who shows. So watch this. Let me read this again to you uh, as far as together in, in the sentence. Mercy means compassion. Mercy is the outward manifestation of pity. It assumes need on the part of him who receives it and resources adequate to meet the need on the part of him who shows. So in other words, God assumed you had a need, but he also understood his ability, his resource to meet that need. And instead of offering it to you based on your performance, he gave it to you based on Jesus's. So all you have to do is take it by faith. Oh, man. If I wasn't trapped, I'd run. Because of his what? Why did we get this mercy? Why did we get this grace? Because of his great love with which he loved us. Out of who he is, his nature, there is a vault of grace that you and I are accessing by faith. I wait, I've been, I told Mike this the other day, I wake up, it's by grace through faith. 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 I'm going to sleep good tonight by grace through faith. I'm going to wake up in the morning by grace through faith. I'm going to fulfill the plan of God for my life by grace through faith. I'm going to love my family by grace through faith. I'm going to be blessed in the city, blessed in the field, blessed coming in and blessed going out by grace through faith. And that not of myself, it is the gift of God. I am, I only am anything good by grace through. I will make heaven by grace through faith. (laughs) I'm depending on him, not me. Great, this great love, it means plenteous. It means weight. It means force. It means intensity. It means continuance. I like that. He didn't stop loving you. I got saved and then I messed up. His love wasn't conditional before. If he showed you the love he did while you were his enemy, it could only intensify once you're his friend, his child. Some of you are believing it. It's powerful love. We read this at the beginning. Romans 5, 6 says, For when we were still without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. 
Much more than having, been, having now been justified by his blood. How are you justified? By his blood. That's why you can receive the healing you need. Because it's not based on your works. Well, if I pray long enough, you'll never get it. It's by grace through Having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God. So while you're an enemy, you're reconciled to God. Through the death of his son, much more. Having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. We shall be saved by, which is by grace through, it's the doctrine of grace. We are saved by grace through faith. Verse 5, even when we were dead in trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. Verse 6, and raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places. The word in verse 5 we see, and when we were dead in trespasses, he made us alive. Made us alive means to reanimate conjointly with. How many like that? I was like, that is so great. I didn't think of that. That's out of the lexicon, you know, the Greek and the Hebrew. It means to reanimate conjointly with. You were made alive with the making alive of Jesus. How many in here were in, in, uh, uh, in the crucifixion process and, in, and Jesus is taking all the sin upon and then he's, he's dead in this sin. How many were with him in the process of getting him out of that that's weight of sin. None of us were in the action ourselves. We're identifying with him by faith because of his work of grace. You were reanimated with Jesus conjointly at his resurrection. When you said, Jesus, you are my Lord, the Father said, I now, uh, I now, I now deposit within you everything that Christ accomplished for you. I'm not, this is just, it, this is outside the realm of any, what anybody could come up with as far as a religion on the planet. I was reanimated with Jesus when he was raised up. Come on, why would the apostle John say, or they talk about the return of the, the Lord back to, and we will boldly receive him. How can you boldly receive him if all you're thinking about is everything you've done wrong in the salvation process? Boldness only comes through a true understanding of what? The measure of grace that has been deposited within you. Why will you get bold in that? Because you realize you didn't purchase it. You didn't earn it. I didn't earn it. It was given to me. Now, if you take that grace and function like a fool... Well, that's just carnality, immaturity, and really not very loving to the Father. But does that stop God from loving you? No. People that take the grace message and trying to turn it into carnality, looseness, I can just do whatever I want. I'm forgiven anyway. You don't understand what you're forgiven from. You don't understand the price that was paid. That is treating the precious blood of Jesus and the act of Christ on the cross in his death, burial, and resurrection as trivial. 
I don't think it was trivial. I think that's quite a feat, taking on all the sin of time and eternity and using your faith to the point where you're under the buried under it and you're, gonna, you're believing that God is going to raise you up. Wow. That's amazing to me. That'll mess with your natural thinking. So he reanimated you conjointly together with the Father. He, you were dead in your trespasses, but then he made you alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, verse 6. And he raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We've been made alive. Verse 7. That in the ages, the course to come, he might show, display, manifest the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Show means to point out. It means to show oneself in something. Show something in oneself. It means to show the riches of his grace. How is he doing it? How is he showing it forth? He is the head, we are the... We're the body, right? So what's taking place? Grace is being shown forth through you to the world. Come on, anybody remember Mark 16? The Great Commission, as we call it, or as some people think, the Great Suggestion. <laughs> you need to laugh. because <laughs> The Great Commission, go into all the world and what? Preach the gospel, lay hands on the sick, right? All that, what is that? That is in the generations to come showing forth the riches of His grace within us. Notice that it is the exceeding riches of his grace. Now watch this. Exceeding means to surpass in throwing, to throw over or beyond anything. Riches means plentitude, abundance, and fullness. It isn't the exact word as before, but it's the same idea. So what do we see here? That, we, that God is showing forth the exceeding riches of his grace. What is exceeding riches of grace? It's exceeding in the sense of what? It surpasses in throwing, to throw over or beyond anything. I see here that the grace of God has been thrown way out and beyond anything that Satan has been able to accomplish in this world or in our personal lives and has been thrown in the measure of abundance. So if it's going to exceed, come on, think now, where sin abounds, <laughs> in other words, in Christ there is no insufficiency of grace. Well, we're seeing things that are unprecedented in our generation. Well, maybe to you and I who live about maybe a hundred years, whoop-de-doo. We're a breath. We're in and we're out. We're, it's a vapor. People are like, how are we going to solve the world's problems? Well, first of all, you won't because you're going to die. I know that's a blessing. I know. I've, I've worked this out. I continue to work on it in my own head with the Lord by grace through faith. You know, politicians will get up and they say, if you elect me, I am not trusting you, Bubba. <laughs> Are you nuts? I think I'll trust Jesus who was from the beginning and already knows the end. In other words, grace did what? It's exceeding. It was thrown out beyond. So where do you find yourself that you think you can't get out of? Because grace has already been thrown beyond your problem. 
And there's already an abundance of it. So go ahead and roll around in it and by faith begin to speak who he said about you and you're going to come out on the other side. Come on, for your good and the glory of God. I'm going to make it just fine. Be say, what if everything fell out and you died? You're not going to scare me with heaven. To throw out beyond. God has a vault of grace that has been opened. He calls it the exceeding riches of grace. This vault has enough grace to last throughout all ages to come into eternity. Grace, God's grace, listen to me, it's rejectable, but it is inexhaustible. You can reject it, but his grace is inexhaustible. Dig in. Take it all. Take every last promise. They're yours. In raising us from spiritual death to share Christ's place of exaltation in the heavenlies, God displays the incomparable riches of His grace, and He will continue to do so throughout all the ages of eternity. Verse 8, For by grace you have been saved through, through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Saved simply means delivered, protected, healed, to preserve, to make whole. In verse 8, saved is in the perfect tense. Listen to this. Which combines the past and the present into one tense. Okay, this is in the Greek. It takes, it combines the past and the present into one tense. Listen to this. The action takes place in the past, but the results continue up to the present time. The action of grace takes the word saved is in the perfect tense. So what happens? The action of salvation took place when? In the past. But the word implies what? That it is continuing every day you need it. Watch now, Kenneth Weiss' translation of Ephesians 2.8. For by grace have you been saved in time past completely. Watch now, through faith with the result that your salvation persists through the present time. I'm going to read it again because you need to hear this. This is so powerful. For by grace you have been you uh, for by grace have you been saved in time past completely through faith with the result that your salvation pers- persists through present time. <laughs> My salvation is not stopping. It just keeps going. How about yours? You just wake up tomorrow morning, you can walk out into your car, get in your car and go, still saved, devil. Up your nose with a rubber hose. I heard Jesse Duplantis say that. I like that. I don't know what it means, but it sounds like it would hurt the devil. So I'm like, yeah, let's go with that. (laughs) In other words, I'm still saved 10 minutes after the service is over. I'll wake up tomorrow saved. Why? Because there is this persisting salvation Through every day that I'm present, which is eternal. Just relax, because in Christ, you're all right. God's grace does not end. It doesn't end for us forever. Thank you, Lord. Not of works. Work means to labor. 
as an effort or occupation. Anything accomplished by hard, by hand, art, industry, or mind. Our salvation is by grace through faith. It is not of ourselves in any way. It is not of works. Christians cannot earn their salvation, nor can they earn their sanctification. All of our salvation is by grace through faith. It is the gift of God, lest anyone should boast. Many times when people are sharing Christ with someone, the person will say they believe they are a good person and that God will let them into heaven because of their good deeds Their good deeds will outweigh their bad. But this is boasting without understanding the depth of the sinful nature. Grace is God reaching out to us and faith is our means of reaching out to Him. Faith plays such a vital role in the continued operation of grace in our lives. It is vital that we realize that our introduction into grace for salvation through faith was just the beginning and that we must continue in faith in that grace until we are wholly filled and flooded with God himself. The intention of the seed of the resurrection within you is that it grows to full maturity, heavy with fruit from of heaven. Verse 10 says, for we are his what? Workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So listen to me carefully. If your future is secure, surely your present is also. Stand with me, please. If your future is secure, surely what? Your present is what? Also. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.